Here's a question you've probably never bothered to think about before. What is the oldest man-made object still orbiting the Earth? Which, if any, of the really early satellites are still whizzing around up in space? It turns out the fourth satellite ever put in orbit is still there, 62 years after it was launched. Learn more about Vanguard 1, the world's oldest satellite, on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steak, such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code daily to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by Audible.com. If you're interested in the early space program, the audiobook I would recommend is American Moonshot, John F. Kennedy and the Great Space Race by Douglas Brinkley. Drawing on new primary source material and major interviews with many of the surviving figures who are key to America's success, Brinkley brings this fascinating history to life as never before. American Moonshot is a portrait of the brilliant men and women who made this giant leap possible, the technology that enabled us to propel men beyond Earth's orbit to the moon and return them safely, and the geopolitical tensions that spurred Kennedy to commit himself to fulfill this audacious dream. You can get a free one-month trial to Audible and two free audiobooks by going to audibletrial.com slash everything everywhere, or by clicking on the link in the show notes. In the 1950s, the United States was riding high. They had won World War II, their economy was strong, unemployment was low, and they had this newfangled thing called television. Then, on October 4th, 1957, everything changed. People woke up to discover that the Russians had put an artificial satellite named Sputnik into orbit. It was a national punch to the gut. 
Not only was there national embarrassment, but there was also a great deal of concern. If the Russians could launch something into orbit, then they could drop a nuclear weapon pretty much anywhere on Earth. Within a month, the Russians announced a second satellite, Sputnik 2, and this time they even had a dog on board named Laika, who, by the way, it was a one-way flight because they never had any intention of bringing her back safely. The U.S. had to do something, and do something quick. On December 6, 1957, about two months after the Sputnik launch, the United States, with great fanfare, launched the Vanguard 1A satellite, which blew up in spectacular fashion on the launch pad. Oddly enough, the satellite survived the explosion and was recovered. It's now at the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. Next month, on January 31, 1958, the U.S. finally got their ducks in a row and launched Explorer 1, which was the first American satellite and the third artificial satellite ever to orbit the Earth. Hooray for America! Less than a week later, on February 5th, the Americans tried to launch their second satellite. And it failed. Next month, on January 5th, they tried again for satellite number two. And it failed. So far, the U.S. was batting 250 in satellite launch attempts, and they were inching close to the Mendoza line. Their third attempt to launch their second satellite into orbit was two weeks later on March 17th. This was their third attempt to launch a Vanguard satellite into orbit, and this time it was a success. Vanguard 1 wasn't much of a spacecraft. It was small enough to fit in the palm of your hand. Nikita Khrushchev mockingly called it a grapefruit satellite, and he kind of had a point. It was about the size of a grapefruit. It was a sphere encased in aluminum, and it weighed only 3.2 pounds, or 1.47 kilograms. A Mercury battery powered a 10-milliwatt transmitter, and six small solar cells were used to power a 5-milliwatt transmitter. The satellite was the first one ever to be powered with solar cells. The satellite was part of the International Geophysical Year, and the transmissions from the satellites were some of the first real science ever done from space. The data from Vanguard 1 offered the first evidence that the Earth isn't a perfect sphere, but rather slightly asymmetric. The signal from the battery lasted only 20 days, and the signal powered by the solar cells lasted a full six years. The last signal received from the satellite was from a tracking station in Quito, Ecuador, in May 1964. There was a point to my listing all of the satellites which were launched before Vanguard 1. Sputnik 1 only stayed in orbit until January 4, 1958. Sputnik 2 re-entered the atmosphere on April 14, 1958. Explorer 1 stayed in orbit for a full 12 years before finally falling to Earth on March 31, 1970. Vanguard 1, however, the fourth satellite ever put in orbit, is still there. It has never re-entered the atmosphere in the 62 years since it was launched, and given its orbit, it isn't going to be coming back to Earth anytime soon. This makes Vanguard 1, and its upper launch stage, the oldest man-made objects in orbit. To date, it has completed almost a quarter million orbits of the Earth and has traveled over 7 billion miles. The original estimate of how long it would remain in orbit was 2,000 years. However, they didn't anticipate the changes in orbit due to the pressure from solar radiation and the drag from solar winds. It's now expected to be in orbit for another 200 years in a highly elliptical orbit. Because of its historical significance, the question has to be raised, could we salvage Vanguard 1? It currently isn't hurting anything. While technically space junk, it's in an orbit that's well above most low-Earth orbit satellites. Capturing and bringing the satellite back is possible, but it would cost money. A lot of money. If it were to be attempted, it would probably be to test the capabilities of a mission to medium-Earth orbit 
and to rendezvous with something in such an elliptical orbit. It would be an interesting project, albeit a pricey one. The satellite is small, and there's probably a lot that could be learned from analyzing something which has been in space for so long. That being said, there's no rush. We have 200 years to capture it before it burns up in the atmosphere and to find a nice home for it in a museum. Executive producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is James Makala. Today's review comes from Mary Jo Manzanares, who writes, Daily fun, a fun snippet of information, humor, or quirkiness to start the day. And don't we all need more of that in our lives these days? Thank you very much for the review, Mary Jo, and thank you also for being a supporter over on Patreon. You too can join the small but growing community of supporters over at patreon.com slash everything everywhere.